We have been in a series of talks for a couple of Wednesdays now about Thanksgiving. So Pastor Mark kicked off um, November with a talk about being thankful in all situations, right? And then we had Pastor June, who stole my idea, just kidding. <laughs> um, and he talked about the 10 lepers that, and the one that turned back to give thanksgiving and how we should be that one leper, right? And then last week, we had the fire hose himself, Pastor Corey, who talked about gratitude being a sin-conquering force. But tonight, I want to continue that talk about thanksgiving Um, and talk about how thanksgiving is a vital component of our worship. And that thankfulness helps us see God clearly and positions us to encounter him powerfully. Amen? So let's pray. Lord, I thank you that your presence is already here. Um, God, we know that you are powerful and gracious and loving and kind, um, that you see every single one of us. Every single seat holds a story that you are orchestrating. Um, And God, we look to your word tonight, and would you do a miracle inside of our hearts, um, deep inside of our souls. Do what only you can do tonight, Jesus. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as I um, prepare to speak tonight, I was inundated with... Um, to-do lists and family group chats, and um, I felt really run down and distracted and overwhelmed. And for some reason, I had a distinct feeling that I wasn't alone in this, that maybe for those that are in this room tonight, you may be feeling run down, overwhelmed, overworked, you have a to-do, a laundry list of things to do, and you made it here, and not just through the the traffic, but you made it through these weeks to get here. Amen? Is that true for everybody? Um, But I also believe that we are in a battle for our attention, for our affection, for our worship, and for our thanksgiving in this season. That's why we're feeling all of this sense of angst and overwhelming feeling. Um, But I also believe that the battle that we're in is one that will help deepen our worship and our faith in a way that we haven't experienced before. Um, When we get through this battle and this season, we're going to see God more clearly, more presently, and we're going to see him do some amazing things in our life. Um, I'll be the first to say that this hasn't been the easiest year for me. If we can all be honest in the room, if you want to raise your hand, has this been the easiest year for you, 2019? No, it has not been the easiest year for me. I'm raising my hand. Um, But maybe it has been a pretty easy year for you, but maybe the holidays are especially hard. Maybe you're in town because you can't go out of town to visit your family. Or, like most of us, the holidays make it glaring, uh, obviously and glaringly clear what we've lost or maybe what we don't have. Um, and it can be hard for everyone. I um, recently sat with a friend um, who's going through a really hard time, like maybe some of us in this room, um, And this is just a side note, but sometimes our greatest ministry to people isn't to have all of the answers. It's for our presence to be the answer. Um, She was sharing her heart, and she was talking, and I could hear all the ways that the enemy was beating her up. Um, I could see all the cracks that really needed Christ to come in. So I was praying under my breath while she was talking. Um, But the crazy thing is that she and I were battling similar things, except I was different. I wasn't hopeless. I was thankful. 
And though our outward situations were exactly the same, my inward reality was different. Um, and as I left that place, I, I was asking God, why? Why am I different? Why was she experiencing what she was experiencing? Because basically it was kind of the same. Um, and I heard the Lord say, you did not withhold your praise from me when it was hard. And you did not silence your thanksgiving when you didn't feel thankful. You see, the enemy wants to silence us. He wants the loudest voice that you hear to be disappointment, to be loss, to be um, fear, because he knows that if he can silence you, he can erode your faith. That's why our thanksgiving has to be loud and proud, even when we don't feel it in this season. Um, And that's when I realized that's what I wanted to talk about today. (laughs) Um, Thanksgiving being a vital component of our life, and that thankfulness helps us see God clearly and positions us to encounter him powerfully. So tonight, my sermon title is The Weapon of Our Warfare is Thanksgiving. And the three points that I kind of want to talk through and walk us through is, one, the posture of prayer, two, the position of faith, and three, that praise precedes our breakthrough. So let's um, look at a scripture that I love, and as a worship leader, Almost every worship leader loves this scripture, um, but it has really helped me understand the power of thanksgiving, and it's um, helped give me wisdom of how to navigate this season well. And maybe it can help you guys have some wisdom of how to navigate maybe your friends and family that are going through a tough season um, this season. So it's Second Chronicles 20, verses 1 through 21, um, and we're going to have it on the screen above, but I just want to... Um, give you a little backstory on this story. So this is the the infinite, infamous Jehoshaphat story where the worship leaders go out before the battle and God destroys all of the people. Um, but what you don't know is that at this time, Jehoshaphat is the king. Israel is broken up into two kingdoms. There's the northern kingdom, which is Israel, the southern kingdom, with, which is Judah. Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. He's a good king, and there's not that many good kings. Um, And he has done really great things. He's torn down all the idol worship that they've experienced, but he's also battle-weary. So when we find ourselves in this story in 2 Chronicles 20, he's just come out of a battle um, where he almost lost his life, fighting as he was in alliance with the northern king, King Ahab. Um, But all of a sudden, there's three opposing kings Um, kingdoms that want to wage war against him. And Jehoshaphat is just like you and I. We may find ourselves in situations that we never anticipated. It just happened upon us. And we may have just come out of another situation and we're like, I don't have time for this, Lord. But here we we find ourselves. Um, But Jehoshaphat learned some things from the last battle that I think we can learn um, tonight. So let's read the text together. It's it's a little bit, but um, we'll start in verse one and end at verse seven. So it says, after the Moabites and the Ammonites and with them, some of the Munites came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea, and behold, they are in Hazan Tamar, that is the En Gedi. 
Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek him, seek help from, all, from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? So we see here in uh, verse 1 through 7, that when he realized he was in over his head, he hit his knees. And for a lot of us, the last thing we do is seek God. We don't, we isolate ourselves, we don't gather in the, in the room, which, praise you guys, you, got, you guys got here, you realize, hey, I need to be in the house of the Lord before Thanksgiving, get my mind right. Um, but he hit his knees and he sought God. And I realize that the gospel is not about trying hard or strategizing um, our way to success, but it's about trust. And we see that again and again and again in this story, that he took a posture of prayer. And what does prayer do? Prayer reorients our hearts and our focus. When we look at Jehoshaphat's prayer, it is focused on acknowledging God, on God, who God is, what he has done, what he has promised, and it's not just on their needs, even though that he does further on talk about, hey, we're in a battle, we need your help. But their focus was on, hey, God, this is who you said you are. This is who you've been to us forever. He rehearsed his history with God. He recounted his history with God. Um, and it makes me think of the story in Second Kings where we have Elisha and Gehazi. Does, everybody, does anybody remember that story? Okay, so they're facing another battle. There's lots of battles in the Old Testament. Um, but Elisha is the prophet. Gehazi is his assistant. And um, this kingdom comes against them. And Gehazi wakes up and he's like, oh my gosh, there's so many people here. We're going to die. We're going to die. Have you ever met those people who are just like, help me, God. I'm going to die. Um, and Elisha, Elijah is like, Elisha, not Elijah. Elisha says, he prays this simple prayer, and he says, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw that the hills were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. That's what prayer does for us. It opens our eyes to see that there's more with us than there are against us. <clears throat> um, you know, the other day in staff meeting, we do this thing every single staff meeting where we tell our praise reports and we tell our prayer requests. Um, and it's an awesome practice. So if you, you should probably, I, I, I want to do it with my family when I get a family. It's like, what are the highs and lows of your day? Practice the presence of God. Practice the praise of God. But I realized as I looked down to my, my list how meticulous I was in recounting the prayer requests. But when I looked at the list of praise reports, I had nothing written down. <coughs> And I think we do that a lot in our lives, right? We remember down to the minute detail of our prayer request, but we don't remember down to the minute detail of how God saw us through time and time and time again. And that's what prayer does. Prayer 
um, and the prayer of thanksgiving especially reorients our hearts and our minds from not just looking at what we don't have and what we're battling, but it gives our eyes to look up to see whose we are and who is actually controlling everything. Um, And secondly, what I loved about this, this passage is that he doesn't do it alone. So sometimes we think that we have to muster up faith and thanksgiving ourselves like, I'm just going to be great. God is doing a great thing. He is awesome. He can do all things. And it's like, no, I need AJ to say that God is my shepherd when I don't feel like he's my shepherd. I need Pastor Tellis to say that God is faithful and that he's loving and that he's kind. And I need Pastor June to say how many times, time and time and time and time again, he's come through, he's faithful, he's provided. I get to be in a company of faith and that helps my faith arise. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to make us isolated and he wants to make us silent because he knows that if he does that, he can erode our faith. Um, So the second thing that we see is they took a position of faith. Um, In verse 17, and I'll just read it real quick. It says, um, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Take up your positions. So many times we want to... I know I do. I want to get, I want to go home. I want to crawl up in my bed and I want to cry (laughs) and say, woe is me. I just am so sad and it's not happening. And now because the function of my job is a worship leader, I have to take my position every single Sunday. But what it has done in my own soul is create a stance of faith. So it's different. Like in the Old Testament, when you hear about the armor of faith and you hear about the, um, the Roman soldiers and all these different things, and you hear about the helmet of salvation and the breastplate, um, when you look at, if you go and do any research, they stood side by side and their backs weren't covered. But why they stood side by side is it's harder for me to be moved if my stance is like this and I'm locked arms. So when it talks about take up your positions of faith, it means come to the house of God, stand firm, stand, link arm in arm with your family, with someone else, but lock your knees and tell God, I'm standing here until I see this battle won and until my feelings catch up with my faith. Because we have to lead our faith, you know, our feelings are so dumb. (laughs) I hate saying that, but like our feelings are liars. Like they just be like, you're dying. No, I'm actually not dying. I'm just thirsty. You're dying. I'm hungry. No, I'm not. I'm not dying. But our, our feelings will fool us every single time. That's why we have to lead in faith when it comes to the situations and the circumstances that we're in. Our feelings will fall in line with what we've determined and declared our faith to be. So last but not least, oh, wait, before I go. We have something that these people don't, didn't have. We have Jesus. <laughs> like, they didn't know. They didn't have a security. They didn't, they had no, like they had their faith and hope, but they didn't have a risen, ever-present savior who knocked sin and death and conquered it 
so that we don't, we're not bound to fear anymore. They didn't have that. So that's why we can take up our position with so much faith is because it's like when I feel like I'm on shaky ground, I just need to stand on Jesus. Because we're in the kingdom of light now. It says in, I think it's Romans or Ephesians, that we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And the kingdom of light is unshakable, it's undefiled, and it's unfailing. So we get to take up our positions on something that's unshakable, unfailing, and un, um, undeniable and unfading. So yeah, that's, that's my second point. Um, <laughs> now, the last thing that we see that they do is crazy to me. They go out and meet the enemy in battle, and Jehoshaphat says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send the worship team out there. Um, I can just imagine standing in front of people with spears with a microphone. Like, this is so counterintuitive to any strategy that we have in our own minds. Like, when I think about the battles that I faced in my own life, I don't think about praying first. I think about calling my mom first. I think about maybe um, emailing Pastor Brett. I think about um, going, reading a book on strategy of how to figure my way out of it. But counterintuitive is thanksgiving. Who goes into a battle and says this? They begin to sing and say, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. They don't say, our God's going to beat you. You're going to lose today. Hey, hey, hey. Like, <laughs> no, they say, give thanks to the Lord because his loving kindness endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness lasts forever. That's counterintuitive to anything that we can think and manufacture in our own minds, right? But God uses that very thing to lay an ambush on the enemy. He says, I'm going to use the, the things that confound the wise to be their ruin. Um. And it's not just in the Old Testament. You might be thinking, Miata, you talk about the Old Testament a lot. It's in the New Testament as well. So I heard the other day, Ann Voskamp, she's, a, she's like a famous writer. She says, um, when she was talking about Thanksgiving and gratitude, she said, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he took the wine. And what did he do? He gave thanks. Of all the things that he could have done or said and all the resources at his disposal because he is the God of the universe, all the angels he could have dispatched and said, I'm about to blow it up. He doesn't. He says, thank you, God. And right there, I realized that we got, Jesus was giving us a key to our, our battle, that sometimes unlocking the hardness of our heart and waging war on the darkness and envy and bitterness and disappointment and strife begins with thanking God. That the weapon that we should pick up instead of picking up our cell phones to tweet, instead of picking up our cell phones to be on Instagram or calling our friends to gossip, we should thank God. We should thank him for where we are it's hard to badmouth someone that you're thanking God for. It's really hard. It's hard to not remember how many times God has gotten you out of a situation when you're thanking him. 
it's really hard. Like I tried this week and I couldn't. All I could think about was, wow, God is so gracious. And this has played out in my life so many times. Um, A couple of, like a year ago, I had vocal nodules. And if you're a singer, you know that vocal nodules are um, really bad for you. It's the thing that Julie Andrews had that she had to have surgery on that ultimately took her singing voice away. Um, And when I went to the doctors, I cried and I cried and I was like, this is what this is my this is my job. Not only is it something that I like to do, it's actually my job to talk and to sing. How am I going to get around this? And they're like, "Well, I mean, you could take some months off." I was like, "All right, from my job." Um, and you can do all these different things. Now, I did all the things that they told me to do. I drank more water. I got more rest. But I remember every Sunday standing up and not knowing if I would actually have a voice to sing. And locking my knees and taking my position and saying, God, whatever you're going to say through me, you have to say it. Whatever you want to do through me, you literally have to do it because I don't have a voice. And I remember Sunday after Sunday after Sunday singing. And then getting off the stage and not having a voice. And knowing that in that moment, God fought the battle for me. Because I took up my position and I said, no matter what it is that I'm experiencing, I know that you are greater, that you are stronger, that you are better, that you are my healer, that you are my hope, that you are my strength, that you are my refuge, and that this healing is going to come as I declare who you are. So I just want us to do something maybe a little radical. Can we stand to our feet? I want us to practice, practically practice our thanksgiving. Yes. Yay. Oh, yeah. Um, So I have a prayer (laughs) that I wrote that I just want us all to um, just pray through together. Um, And even when you don't feel it, I want you guys to know that Faith will arise as your declaration arises, and your healing will come as you take your position and as you believe God at his word for who he is. So let's pray. Is it there? Oh, yay. Okay. Father, there is no place we can go from your presence. Come on, let's say it together. Lord, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Lord, I thank you that you are here. You are not dead and not distant. You are a God who is ever present and near. Lord, I thank you for my life, that I am alive today and standing here. Lord, I recognize that it is by your grace and your grace alone. And Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, in some places I'm in over my head, but my eyes are on you. God, we lean into your presence today. We thank you that in your presence there is fullness of joy, that in your presence there is mercy and love. We welcome you with open arms and with open hearts. We don't want to hold anything back from you. We don't want to miss out on what you want to do right here, right now. We receive you for all that you are. We say yes to you. 
We lay down every burden and every hindrance that keeps us from you. We reach out to you tonight and we ask you to do miracles in our heart and in our situations and in our friends and family. We believe you, Jesus. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let me just pray over us tonight. God, I thank you that you see every single person that's here. God, as we lifted up that prayer to you, that you are strong enough to hold us. For those that are weary hearted in this room, God, I thank you that you're coming with streams of refreshing, Jesus. God, that you're lifting up our arms tonight, that you're reminding us that you are for us, that you've gone before us, that you stand beside us, God, and that you are our front and rear guard. Lord, we thank you tonight that you are a God we can trust. You are a God we can trust. And as we go into this Thanksgiving season and this holiday season, God, I pray that faith and hope would arise, God, as we lock eyes with you, Jesus, that we wouldn't be shaken, Jesus, that we would stand on the solid ground that is you, that we would know that the battle is already won. The victory is done. As you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good, you turn it for good. Thank you, Lord. Sing it out with me. You take what the enemy meant for evil. Sing it out. And you turn it for good. You turn it. You take what the enemy, you take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good, you turn it for good. Cause I'm gonna see a victory, I'm gonna see a victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord. And I'm gonna see a victory, I'm gonna see a victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord. Let's sing it again. I'm gonna see, I'm gonna see a victory, I'm gonna see a victory, for the the battle belongs to you, Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, you can clap with it, to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. 
God, we're thankful for the word that you gave us tonight. God, we're thankful that our worship is our warfare. God, we are thankful for all that you are doing for those of us who are in the middle of our miracle, who are in the middle of our testimony. God, we believe that we're going to see you win the battle for us.